0: and we totally edit stuff. So if there's anything afterward, you say, oh, you know, I probably probably shouldn't have said this, or then you can pay us, you know, large sums of money for us to take it out. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Please don't post this. It's something that I know doesn't need to control my life. I don't need to worry. God's got to be teaching me something Hmm. about what it means to trust in the midst of the unknown.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Mr. I guess I can say Bryant-Russ, can I? This is just Bryant-Russ, how about? Classy Cam with me, my co-host. <laughs> hey, guys. And today our special guest is Heidi Neikamp. Heidi, oh. how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Really great. So Cam's got some small talk questions for us, but before we I do, do that, one's it tomorrow? Isn't tomorrow, when we're recording this at least... Tomorrow is the big day for Winterham signups.
1: Yeah, so our seniors get to sign up for their courses and or internship first thing, um, and their registration starts tomorrow.
0: Yeah, so one of Heidi's major roles is Winterham director here at the high school. Cam, you know what
2: class you're going to sign up for tomorrow? I just now figured out I have to sign up for a class. I might be doing an internship. Maybe you're skipping chapel on Monday, Heidi. I I don't
0: know.
2: Maybe an internship. All right. What it's looking like, but Great. yeah, I didn't know we signed up already tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it seems <laughs> so it soon. comes
1: quickly. I know January seems like a long yeah. ways away, but probably yeah, check my email sometime. Yeah, that would be good. Mm. Probably got a few for me.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All but right, Kim, you have small, some some yes. some small talk conversation.
2: So to get out of the way first for, off. I'd Masanaki. say one of the most important questions of this podcast: What is your favorite color?
1: My favorite color is pink.
2: Starting really small. Um,
1: which really surprises me because I'm not really – I wouldn't consider myself super girly, but, you know, pink. pink. Yeah, that's – I
0: wouldn't have thought of pink for you. That's
2: good. Uh, favorite food?
1: Donuts. Hands oh, down.
2: Oh, goodness. No,
0: don't mm-hmm. talk yeah. about
1: donuts. Love donuts. Do you have for a
2: favorite uh, donut flavor or type? I,
1: In the summertime, I like Bowerman's blueberry donuts. Oh. Mm. In the fall, I like, you know, the pumpkin.
2: Yep. Whatever so the, apple, oh, the apple, oh the apple cider man, donuts,
0: amen.
1: but you know, classic fried cinnamon.
2: I'm still waiting for donut day
0: in class. Yeah, so. it, it
1: should happen someday. We, we it will. should
0: see if one of these donut makers would sponsor our podcast, and then we that can a have conversation idea. over donuts. <laughs> that would be so good. Hey, if
2: anyone's out there listening who happens to own a donut store or knows how to make donuts, oh, even better. Favorite movie:
1: The Sound of Music. Ah,
2: so The man. Hills Are Alive. Oh man. Favorite book? I just love it.
1: The Harry
0: Potter series. Oh, yes. We might be twins separated at <gasps> birth, wow. hey, I Everything you I said like except the pink too. so
2: far is kind of, yeah. You don't like Pink's pink? fine. It's no. fine.
0: I just, not your not favorite. A, not a fave, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. If you could travel one place, where would you go?
1: I think Australia. Mm. It would be the furthest away that mm-hmm. I had ever been from home. Oh, yeah. Um, And it just sounds interesting. I don't know much about it, and I'd like to learn more. Yeah.
2: Favorite season? Fall. Ooh, oregano. Oh, yeah. Fall's a good one. <laughs> that's what I've got. Awesome.
0: Hey, Heidi, can I ask, growing up, we'll just start kind of uh, some childhood questions and move into more recent times. First of all, actually, before we get there, mm-hmm. what do you do at the high school? Uh, we mentioned winterim director, but that's not it.
1: Yeah. So um, I am also a science teacher. I teach human anatomy and biology.
0: Sweet.
1: Yeah. And I have Cam as a student.
0: Mm-hmm. No wait, Right now.
1: Right now. Yeah, oh, lucky Cam, her. Little, right. A little added pressure. <laughs> <laughs> lucky her.
2: I have two of my teachers in this room, but one of the grades matters, I guess.
0: Oh, oh no! We can turn this into a graded thing. Don't, don't worry, buddy. <laughs> So, human anatomy and biology, okay, and maybe later on we'll talk about kind of how you you came to those. As well, let's just do it now. Human anatomy and biology. How did you fall in love? I assume you you love these these subjects. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so I am actually an HC grad myself, and woo woo. Um, I fell in love with science at the high school. Um, I had Mr. Isinga for chemistry, oh. and his enthusiasm. For all things chemistry, really influenced me the most, and so when I started uh, pursuing uh, my education degree, I actually was chemistry education. Um, Get out of here! I was, yeah, and I liked my other science courses too. Um, I took advanced biology, which is the equivalent of human anatomy back when I was in high school, and uh, that I led that led me to majoring in integrated sciences. So now. I could teach kind of any science there is that Mm. that we offer, but I've landed in the biology area.
0: So cool. So how is that being back working with people who at least contributed to your inspiration to be a biology teacher? What's that like?
1: It's really fun. Um, I think it's a unique experience and I feel really honored and privileged to be able to Be mentored now by people who also mentored me as a student, um, but in a different dynamic and just have really intentional conversations about what it means to be a science teacher and be a scientist and someone who loves learning about creation, but also loves students and teaching about it. So it's awesome. a lot of fun. It was a little weird, not going to lie, having to, you know, call them all <laughs> oh, by yeah. their first names. Yeah. And
0: Did you have a practice session where you just said Dale instead of Mr. Isinga?
1: You know, I had this one moment during my first week of professional development where Mark Hiskus comes <laughs> yes. up to me and he he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, Heidi. And I knew I had to say it. I knew I had to say <laughs> Mark <laughs> instead of Mr. Hiskus.
2: I passed. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is hard. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yikes. So where did you begin your studying of teaching and biology stuff?
1: Yeah, so I started out college at the University of Evansville, which is in southern Indiana. Oh, I didn't know that. And not a lot of people know where it is (laughs) or what it is. It's a pretty small school. There were actually two other HC grads who went down there at the same time, and Mm. um, it was just a lot of fun to, you know, go somewhere, kind of removed. Um, It really felt like a place that God had called me. It felt like home. um, And I really thrived there. But I only stayed there for a year and, well, two years.
0: What led to the decision to—did you come to Calvin after that, or where did you go?
1: Yep. I transferred to Calvin at the start of my junior year. um, And that decision kind of came about in October, actually, of my sophomore year of college. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. I was thriving where I was and just kind of felt this little prompting from the Lord to consider, you know, what does life look like 5 years from now instead of what does life look like a year from now? And that got me thinking about what kind of school I wanted to teach at. It got me thinking about how important family is to me and being able to live near my family. Um so just, you know, thinking about studying in Southern Indiana and and where it might lead to opportunities down there okay. if I had stayed. But maybe if I transferred somewhere closer to closer to home, I might have opportunities back in Michigan.
0: Okay. Hey, listeners, we've got, this is the first time we're recording a podcast in the rain. So yeah. you right here. Uh, we've got these nice metal roofs on our section of the building, Heidi and my section of the building. And you might hear a little bit in the background. That's yeah. kind of nice. Kind of an ambiance yeah. now. Don't you Very think Very calming. Yeah. You, sure. Well, we have to say that because we can't turn off the rain. So. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So you came to say the name of the college again, the Southern the
1: University of Evansville.
0: University Evansville. of Evansville. Yes. Came back to West Michigan and went yep. to Kelvin. Yep. Kelvin University. Kelvin yes, University. Now University. Kelvin University. That's Shout correct. out to Kelvin. <laughs> So talk to us some some, anything from your time at Kelvin that stands out uh, as, as kind of impacting who you are now.
1: Um, so transferring as a junior, I was really excited because it felt like this big step that I was making in my faith, you know, moving colleges and in a way starting over. Um, so I thought it was going to be really exciting and really great. And it turned out to be... Um, really lonely, and I know it was the right place for me, and, I, and I'm and i affirmed in that over and over again, but going through it, it was hard to see that. I, you know, didn't have a lot of friends being a transfer student. You know, everyone already has their friends, and I just didn't feel connected in a way that I had at my first school. I was so involved in my first school that I kind of went the polar opposite and didn't hmm. get involved. And I think that really kind of took away some of the good experiences that I could have had um, and just left me with kind of some painful memories of loneliness and rejection and exclusion. Hmm. So even though the social side of things wasn't really awesome, um, academically, it was definitely the right place for me. I got connected with my advisor on my visit to Calvin. That was a transfer, transformational relationship. Um, she's been a mentor to me ever since. And who's that? Crystal Bruxford. Oh, yeah. At okay. Kelvin. I've heard a lot yeah. of
0: people speak very highly of her. Yes.
1: So uh, she's one of the people who encouraged me the most in and staying focused on what mattered the most.
0: Very cool. Now, we talked before the interview, these years, these last couple of years of college, you described it as, a, as beginning this period of change, but all kinds of some, some hard things that you discovered in these, in these years. Are you able to give us a little glimpse at some of that beginning this season of change for you?
1: Sure. So, um, kind of talked about some of those changes Already with transferring schools and starting at a different school, in between those two things, I studied abroad, um, which is an awesome change, but one that requires a lot of learning and patience and lack of sleep and all of those things. Um, Where'd you go? I studied abroad in England. All right, yeah, which was
0: cool. You had to learn the language and everything. I
1: sure did. (laughs) Yeah, practiced my British accent. Um so I transferred to Kelvin and right before I started there, I got engaged. Super
2: Shout out to exciting.
1: Derek. Hi Derek, love you. Um
2: where'd you meet Derek?
1: I met Derek at Holland Christian High School. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um he was also at Kelvin, and so we had gotten engaged. And shortly after starting at Kelvin and all of that exciting thing, um getting engaged Uh, my grandma was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer Mm. uh, right before our wedding. Uh, So we had that news and then got married. Super exciting time, um, but a big change, obviously. And then after we got married, my grandma ended up passing away just a few months later, um, which was the first major death in my family. So Big experience, big new experience for um, my whole family in that in that way. And then a little while later, you know, I had student teaching, finishing up my time at Calvin, um, graduating, going through the whole process of, you know, finding a job, interviewing. So grateful to end up at Holland Christian after a pretty long time of searching and, you know, going back and forth and different things. I actually had, had accepted a different job before this one. The opening was pretty late for the position I'm in right now um, due to some administration changes. So late in the game, had a change in where I thought I was going to be working. Um, Ended up starting here last August. Um, And then right at the beginning of my second semester teaching, uh, my father-in-law passed away. So a Hmm. very significant change yet again.
0: Is that a totally unexpected out of the blue death or... Yep, okay. so
1: he wasn't sick or anything, um, just sudden.
0: So mm-hmm. newly married, adjusting to all those changes, and then this, uh, I mean, c- catastrophe really, some losing a parent for your husband. Are you able to give us a little bit of what, what that season was like for you guys? I mean, still it's fairly recent.
1: One thing that I, I've learned is I cannot rely on my own strength. We have obviously had to depend on each other, depend on our family and depend on our faith in ways that we hadn't before um, and even in in ways that I wouldn't have expected, I guess um, this early on in our relationship, but understanding that this kind of change and all of those other kinds of changes are not they're not a fast process. it's it's very slow and hmm. it takes a lot of patience. I think that's been. One of my big takeaways, I always thought I had a lot of patience, but I never really realized how much more I I needed.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, in uh, English right now, we're reading C.S. Lewis, and we just watched Shadowland or something. Yeah, Uh, Into the Shadowlands. Yeah, something like that, and it's a lot about suffering, and Mm -hmm. he writes some pieces of poetry on why does God allow suffering, because when you're going through times like that, it's like, okay, God loves me, but if he does, why... Why is this happening? And it's been kind of a cool focus right now in that class on why God allows suffering. And overall, we won't know, but also as you kind of spoke into, kind of makes you rely on him and your family in ways that you wouldn't without it. So interesting thing. May I ask Heidi, how did this impact? When I was
0: a student, I didn't think of my teachers as humans in one sense. They were they just were adults and adults in general I thought had life together um and then even more so my teachers they just it was just kind of coasting they were there they had arrived now that I am a teacher I realize there's so much going on and yet when I step in front of my students there's this weird it's a it's a role you step into this role how how did balancing experiencing all the, this change and this huge loss of a father-in-law and then navigating that with Derek. What was that like being a teacher in the midst of all that?
1: When I came back to school, you know, after my father-in-law had passed away, it was just a couple of days afterwards, I didn't know how really to handle myself mm-hmm. or what I was supposed to do or not supposed to do. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't really prepare yourself for that kind of Confrontation with your students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into my first day back, calling upon David Mustard to, you know, walk alongside of me in my class and and figure out how to communicate what had happened. Um, so he had come to tell each of my classes that life had changed dramatically for me over the weekend, um, and explained the situation. And allowed me space to be present, but not have to be the one delivering the message, yeah, yeah. Um, which was really helpful for both me and the students. I think they understood the gravity of it by having someone else relay the message, yep. but really every time it came up, I was in the back of the room, obviously crying mm-hmm. and thankful that I wasn't the one um, up front. I felt so safe. Hmm being able to understand that my students were there for me, that they got it, that I felt comfortable enough to be that vulnerable and mm. I could have easily just stayed home. Yeah. I could have avoided it for a little bit longer and maybe, you know, been able to tell them myself or you know, things could have gone differently, but I think the way that it happened allowed for deeper relationships with my students and just an opportunity to see like what you said that we do have things going on outside of the classroom that Mm. have majorly impacted our lives.
0: I was not expecting the word safe. Mm. That's really cool. Actually, I student taught here years ago. And um, when I met Mark Hiskus, I asked him what he taught and I didn't know his name at that point. He said he taught Mark <laughs> And I remember <laughs> thinking like, what the heck is that? Like, I, I don't know what Mark is. Come to find out that's him. <laughs> and, and I really didn't understand what he meant by that for a few years, I think. <laughs> um, but I have, I think since learned that one of the opportunities we have here, because this is a unique place, is we're not just teaching Biology or anatomy, and I'm not just teaching Bible. We're not just—we're actually uh, modeling life and how to how to do this, how to follow Jesus, and be curious and be people who love to learn and who want to make a difference in this world. And I—I I would guess Heidi that you taught Heidi Nykamp really well in the in that week, especially as students got to see um, someone who they love, someone who is an important part of their education, uh, have to, to walk hard stuff and change. Hmm. So, yeah, I can, I can only imagine the things that they learned that's probably a little extra than just
2: biology and anatomy. When you were uh, job searching, I guess, I, I'm i guessing that Holland Christian was not your first choice. I mean, as you said, you accepted another Watch. job, and you came, like, you came from here, so you're like, oh, I don't want to go back there. Maybe no, really. Yeah. I did
1: want to come back <laughs> to so just bad. Make
2: that up, kid. <laughs> well, she said she accepted another job. Well, oh sure. Uh,
1: so, time frame. I had originally applied for a job at the middle school here. Oh. Um, Kate went through all of the interviews, and then they offered it to someone else, and I was devastated. Oh man, yeah. Oh, so devastated. Um,
0: but you did want to come back here after coming to high school here. Okay, yeah. cool. I just
1: didn't think it would happen this quickly or yeah, that I'd be good enough or whatever. And, you know, first year teacher and all of that, I, I didn't think it was a possibility right now. Um, so after not getting the job at the middle school, I went through like a rampage of applying because oh, it man. was it was June and I was nervous about where I was going to end up and... And just wanted a job. So I accepted a middle school science position out in Grand Rapids. um, And then a couple of weeks later, got a phone call from the interim principal saying, we have this situation. Can you come in? Hmm. Um, Where Aaron Meckes had just accepted the assistant principal position. They had this opening and... It was late in the game. They asked if, you know, I could just come in and have a conversation and it ended up working out. You like, oh, I don't yeah. know. I was very, ex- <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. very excited. Um, but
0: even that, even a good, a good change is still change, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of just the right question, but how, how do you get used to change? I mean, because it's, it's change, it's surprise, it's unpredictable You've kind of outlined five a five year window where it's been. You, you said before the interview every couple months. Mm-hmm. There's just a like not just small changes but major changes. What do you so sitting here now or do you just kind of anticipate change or what?
1: So I am a planner, <laughs> very much so. Um, I sit down with my husband and we write out our schedule for the week. Oh,
0: man. Because
1: I like that. I like to put things in my calendar. Hmm. I like to know weeks in advance if something, you know, big, some big event is coming up. Um, So I would not say that I love change, but I've had to accept it probably with um, gritting my teeth. You know, (laughs) I think I was kind of sensing that maybe my changes were coming to an end when I started teaching here, I thought, like, I've reached adulthood. Yeah, smooth sailing. Like you said, I'm, I'm an adult now. I've got things figured out. Uh, maybe we'll have a break from some changes, and that didn't happen.
0: Yeah. Hmm. What has that done to you personally, maybe relationship with God or, or with other people in your life, but liking consistency, liking knowing the plan, and then having to— The reality is change. Do do you think you're changing through experiencing all these changes? And if so, how?
1: I definitely am changing. I think it's gone in waves of wanting to be fully present and then at the same time not knowing at all how to um, and kind of going back and forth of investing a lot and then not investing Mm. um, just because I don't know if something major is going to change again. Um, I think I experienced that a lot at Calvin where I didn't invest a lot and that kind of hurt relationships because I didn't know how to invest. Um, I think I, I'm learning that I need to trust more, knowing that I, I'm not in control as much as I desire control. The unknown brings a lot of anxiety yeah. for me. Um, so not knowing what changes lie ahead or if they're going to be soon or not, makes me really anxious but it's it's something that i know doesn't need to control my life i i don't need to worry about tomorrow or you know a month from now or a year from now but that's my natural tendency and god's got to be teaching me something mm. about what it means to trust in the midst of the unknown
0: i love because it's not me but i love the 40 years in the wilderness for for the hebrew people coming out of Egypt before they, they enter the land. Just that idea of every day, it's this curriculum of, of teaching them to depend upon God, that you can't even collect food for tomorrow. I want you to wake up and you need me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's challenging to to imagine, you know, what does that look like? And then Jesus prays, give us today our daily bread, that today I'm going to need you, God. And that might mean not knowing what's coming, but
2: knowing there's a god who cares. Um back to what I was trying to ask oh, I'm earlier. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> okay because we can move it around. <laughs> we can move around. despite my this... prior assumptions, the incorrect assumptions. Um you spent some time at other schools student teaching, I'm sure, with different communities, I guess. How would you describe the community here that you have through the hard times with faculty members and students? compared to um, some stuff you've experienced at other schools?
1: I feel like I've been overwhelmingly supported while being here. When I shared devotions last year, my very first staff devotions... Um, oh, so
0: scary, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> staff devotions is terrifying. Yeah. I uh,
1: It had been, like, I think it had been six or seven weeks after my father-in-law passed away, mm. and I, I mean... Even at that point, I didn't know what I was going to share about. I feel like I, I couldn't not share about that, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to because it was painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I ended up sharing was, so a lot of things have made me say, no, this is not what my students deserve. This is not what I expected for my first year of teaching. Um, this isn't fair to my husband. Just no. Um, but the one thing that seemed like A big fat yes was being at Holland Christian, um, being supported by the staff and having students who cared enough about me to send me emails and Mm -hmm. give me hugs and show up at the funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a yes. That was a profound yes.
2: So you clearly have gone through a lot of change uh, in your life these past few years. If you were able to go back and talk to your high school self about this change, knowing, full well, what will happen? What are some things you would tell yourself just in preparation?
1: I think I would tell my high school self to stop planning every (laughs) single second (laughs) of every single day. Not that these are bad things, but I was hyper involved. I cared a lot about my GPA and had to be kind of the The best at everything. I wasn't, but I tried really hard to be the best at everything. And, um, you know, it it ate up a lot of time. And I think it gave me a false sense of confidence and that I could Mm. rely on myself to do really well in different aspects of life. And I think it, it robbed me of understanding what it looked like to trust in God and, um, spontaneity is not my gift and it has never been and especially in high school it wasn't but I think I could have maybe learned it a little bit more mm-hmm. in high school and you know did things spontaneously with my friends and and learned how to kind of roll with the punches mm-hmm. and not be afraid to dive into things that might require more of me just because I might fail
2: mm-hmm. yeah because
1: I think that's helped me back a lot with how I approach these changes. I just feel like, I'm not going to get it right, so what should I do?
0: Hmm. So true. I think some of the best advice for, for going to college or wherever students might find themselves after high school is being willing to be wrong. I, I love it in class when a student raises their hand and maybe offers an answer or something and they're wrong. I love that because they, they probably knew, you know, they weren't 100% certain, but they raised their hand and in front of their peers. That is I think essential to learning. If you can, if you can venture a guess or a risk or a question in front of other people to show I don't know something, that's the beginning of learning
2: a whole lot. I think. Yeah. Um. Back what, to what you said earlier about wandering in the wilderness. For some reason, I never really picked up on. They weren't allowed to gather food the night before because they had to rely on God to provide in the morning. I just thought like, oh, yeah, they didn't need to do it the night before because God would provide. But it kind of put me inside their minds like, if I don't have food ready in the morning, what are we going to do? What if we can't find anything? Yeah, that's provocative. Being forced to not plan ahead and trust in God to provide is something kind of scary. 'Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a planner, but to not worry about what will happen and to just know like to trust in God is something scary. Hmm.
0: As the great Bon Jovi says, what is it? Map out your life but do it in pencil. Well right? That's
1: sure.
2: When I uh <laughs> when I was somewhat introduced to Bon Jovi, he did not say that to me. I was uh in you Washington. Met bon D.C., Jovi kind of. Like, he probably told his kids,
0: "I think that's Cam House." Yeah, that's the dude from HC
2: Medium talk. <laughs> that's probably what. Yeah. So, I met Bon Jovi, I guess. <laughs> I think it's even cooler that it was in the Capitol Building cuz like years from now like, Setting Yeah, I went everything. on a tour of the Capitol Building with Bon Jovi. And everyone would be like, "No way." But like, yeah, you can't prove it didn't happen. And I'll show him the picture of me and Bon Jovi in the background and they'll be like, "He is not joking." Cam, one of these
0: days I'm just going to interview you, get all your stories just, here. Yeah. My Bon Jovi stories.
2: I can show people your We'll years save from that now. part
0: for that episode, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Heidi, one of your big roles at Helen Christian is Winterum Director. Let's start with this. First of all, I want to know what excites you about Winterum. But before that, for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar, what is Winterum?
1: Winterum is a week long alternative learning experience it ooh, ooh, ooh. falls right after Christmas break, right before our second semester starts. Um, and it's an opportunity for students to take different mini courses um, and you know learn something new from their teachers uh, or from a guest instructor from the community. Um, and it's anything from um, learning how to play different social card games or going outside for winter adventures.
0: Who teaches that one?
1: Shout out to Bryant Ah. Russ. Um, uh, There's also some conversations that take place. So there's an all-women's course and an all-men's course where they dive into, you know, what does it mean to be a godly man or a godly woman in this day and age and um, just have some intentional time with some of our teachers in those conversations. Um, We have a required freshman course where all of our freshmen go through um, kind of this process of figuring out who they are and what does it mean to live into our school's theme for that year and kind of set the trajectory for the rest of their high school career.
2: I also took a course that was, we went out and visited a bunch of different colleges in Michigan and like some big ones, small ones, local, far away. And for me, it was a great experience because as a I was I think I took it for the second half of the day freshman year or it may have been sophomore year. But as an underclassman, like I knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't know what I wanted it to be like. So, to have that experience seeing different types of colleges was great because I found out, like, hey, maybe I don't really like a big college and maybe I don't want to be this far from home. And yeah, cool. Some of those big factors to consider.
0: Yeah, yeah. we've had, I know in the
2: past, uh, so you want to
0: become a teacher or so you want to go into law enforcement or so you want to go into ministry or all those different career paths. How to lay carpet. How to lay Mm -hmm. carpet with Mr. Lemon. Lemon. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Um, So such a cool, I love, as a teacher, I love winter. I just love getting to learn alongside my students.
1: It's a fun way to build new relationships
0: Mm
2: -hmm. with
1: students that maybe you don't have the opportunity to have or they don't get to have you or um, a chance to have them in class once again. Um, So there's the course aspect and then there's also the internship side of things. And juniors and seniors have the opportunity to uh, participate in an internship in a field that they're thinking about for the future, um, whether that's in the medical profession or business, marketing, um, teaching. Being an artist, all kinds of different industries. So we send we sent about 160 students out into the community last year Sweet. in various internships.
0: That's awesome. I love that. So why is Winterham something you want to be a part of? What is it about this that excites you or makes you think, man, this is worthwhile?
1: I think it's a unique experience for our students to. Um, maybe learn something that they never thought they could or would learn about in school, or uh, maybe it's something that they never even thought of, um, but maybe they really wanted to take a certain teacher's course and they got to learn something totally outside of their comfort zone um, or dive into something that they're interested in for the future or something that they want to make their own hobby um, or a life skill. There's just so many opportunities that are unique to this experience that don't happen every day Mm -hmm. at school um, and don't happen at every school. So,
0: Yeah, I think of even the, the course I taught last year, I know so many teachers have done this. We meet. Once a week, every week since having class last January, we've met every week since. Wow. In fact, a student came today to school who's a grad who I met in that winter time, who he came back and we just chatted. And, and yeah, without winter, none of that would have happened.
1: And I I love being a, an advocate for the internships because so many students either come away with this experience where they're so affirmed that they're excited to study this in mm-hmm. school or they find out that is not at all what yeah. they want to do and both are equally as successful yeah, in
2: definitely.
1: finding the next steps
0: yeah so cool heidi we're just about out of time thank you so much for coming on the podcast we appreciate it so much listeners we're actually in the middle of a school day right now so the bell is gonna ring here in a few minutes um heidi any last words for the podcast
1: go maroons go maroons baby <laughs> cam
0: told you to say <laughs>